With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain, and it is time for another Steelers preview, but not just any preview. It is Ravens week, or as I used to call it before joining Behind the Steel Curtain, Ravens hate week. And uh, it's always fun to talk about Steelers, Ravens. And for these three guys that are on the screen or in your headphones or they're listening to an audio form, this game means a little bit more. We all reside in the old line state, which is the state of Maryland. So let's bring in the other two. Dave, what's going on, Dave? Uh, not too much, Jeff. Just ready for this week to get over with. Not just because it's one week closer to Christmas, but because this is a big one. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I, I love Ravens week. I, it's my favorite. These are my favorite two weeks of the, the NFL season. Brian, what about you? What's up? Well, I learned yesterday with Daniel Wilcox and even just today, seeing that Miles Jack is getting calls about how important this week is. They really, this, this is a big one for them. So not just us, it is fantastic to have this feeling that anything can happen. And I just go back to last year, 20 to 19 at, it was Heinz Field then, but that place was a rock and I think it's going to go crazy this week and I'm hoping we're all happy, but remember Anything could happen. Assume nothing. Expect everything. That's right. And that's the title of the show. You know, speaking of Miles Jack, you know, he uh, his quote was that, some, you know, when he was in Jacksonville, the closest thing they had, like a big rivalry was Tennessee. And he said, I don't think that it, it, this even comes close. He said, I've never played in one of these games. But I, like you said, Brian, he's getting calls. He's getting texts. And he's like, no, nah, I don't think it's going to match. This is who was it? Was it Tomlin says it's a double chin strap type of game? But he. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was last year. Yeah, I think it was. He said it's a double chin strap type of game. So I always love these games. Dave, I'm going to ask you something here, and that is, do you think there's still the the hatred and vitriol within this matchup, or do you think it's the new, I hate the word, respect. Oh, these two teams respect each other. They didn't used to respect each other when Haloti Nada was breaking Ben Roethlisberger's nose and Ed Reed was – trying to cheap shot Heinz Ward. I mean, do you still think that there is, it's the same type of, 
you know, those old heads are gone now. And Ben Roethlisberger was the last one of them. What do you think, Dave? I'm going to give you such a Dave answer um, because it depends on your definition of respect. <laughs> because because you you no, you know the other team is going to bring it. Is that respect worthy? That's up to you. You know that the other team is going to try to hit you even harder than what you're hitting them. And it doesn't matter the names on the back of the jerseys. It doesn't matter if this number's here or if this number's gone. It, it It's ingrained in both these teams, even as everything turns over. Because just because it's not Ben Roethlisberger, there are plenty of guys on the team this year that played with Ben Roethlisberger last year. They've learned about it. Guess what the guys that didn't play with Ben Roethlisberger Roethlisberger last year is happening. They're learning about it. Miles Jack is learning about it. Someone who wasn't a part of it. And all it takes is one player to carry over from one year to the next on both teams. And you learn about it. It's ingrained in you. It doesn't matter if the names change. It doesn't matter if they're both fighting for uh, the, the one seed in the, in in the AFC, if they're fighting, which means they would obviously be fighting for the divisional crown, or if they're fighting for a wild card spot, it doesn't matter. If one up, if one's up and one's down, it still doesn't matter. They're both going to bring it. So to me, it does not matter um, if those players have moved on. See, for me, I feel like this rivalry to get that fire going again. And even when Ben was still on the roster, it just was missing something. It, there needs to be like one key moment one big play one big hit something that's just like whoa and then all of a sudden everything the whole dynamic changes brian if there's that one moment if there's a one hit one play and you're predicting who's gonna make that play who is it for you i really think it's uh one of two guys on the defense for the pittsburgh steelers either minka or tj um, in fact, Minka already, and you alluded to this, to this, if I go into the time machine and guess what you're going to talk about on let's ride tomorrow, <laughs> you're, go, you're going to bring up Minka on Willie Sneed in yeah. 2020. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you what to do on your show when you, when you record it. For I tomorrow. think I might use that though. I think, but, I might yeah, use that. Go ahead. but, <laughs> but you know, it's. I think the rivalry is still there. I think it's already there because think about this. That game last year on January 9th, I believe, that was for one team to get into the playoffs. And it went into overtime. And there were some hits in that game that, I mean, they they're it's being built up again. When Wang Harbs goes for two in the last seconds of a game in 2021 in December, you know, that's that's a rivalry game. I mean, th this is rivalry. Jeff, let me ask you a question. Back in your days of like uh, 17 pick sixes in middle school, <laughs> who was your rival? What was the name oh, of your rival? Uh, our rival was uh, Tridelphia Middle School. I bet you Tridelphia is still the rival of that team. I bet you Tridelphia was the rival in the 70s and 80s of that team. Am I correct? I, I couldn't tell you their rival now, but maybe. <laughs> okay. That, we but, didn't know the school's so open. <laughs> <laughs> that could change Ryan. things a little bit. Oh, David, David, who did you play for in high school? No, no, you're exactly right. I played for Northern. Our rival was Southern. It still is. It still yeah. is. That's just because that's the way it works. Yeah. So, you know, that stink, the stink of a rivalry, and this is not a bad stink, but that that seeps into the Jersey. It seeps into the logo. I mean, it's always going to be that same way. You're always going to hate that team. Hey, people still hate the Dallas Cowboys from a rivalry way back in the 1970s, basically mm -hmm. in a couple Super Bowls. They're always good. You know what? It's really weird. If you ask um, maybe a millennial, what they think about the Raiders, they're not going to say too much. They're like, yeah, yeah, they're, I mean, there's been some good games. You ask our parents about the Raiders. Oh my gosh. Game on. There's hatred because that rivalry was so strong and it never goes away with them. It, it works everywhere because example, my father, he grew up in outside of Boston. He has not lived there in 50 years. And yet he still hates everything New York. There's not a single sports team that he could possibly like because of that. That's exactly right, Brian. 
I just want this. I, I've missed the days of Joey Porter and the rumors of him going on the bus after the game. And it, it went over the line. It, and that was, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. Now there was that, then there's that other proverbial line that Vontez perfect, like went over. I never felt like anyone in the Raven Steelers were trying to injure the other person. I felt like at times perfect no, wasn't. I don't want to go into that. They were good. they were willing to injure each other within the confines of the game. There you go. Yeah, okay, thank you. That's a very good clarification yeah. because perfect mm-hmm. was not. He he would mm-hmm. go outside that that realm. Good, Brian. What were we gonna say? And and there is still going. This is where the respect word is not bad. It's because there's still gonna be a prayer circle after the game. There's still gonna be hugs and handshakes for guys that knew each other. I mean, it's not. Uh, you, you know. The fact that they knew each other before, that's where the respect comes in. But the game hatred, the the uh, angst the, of wanting to beat them really bad, that kind of changes a little bit after the game when they're handshaking and hugging and going back to the next week. But then three weeks later, four weeks later in week 17, yeah, it's going to be on again. Okay, so look, real quick, and those that are watching live, whether it's on Facebook or on YouTube, I want you to do this in the live chat as well as we're going to do this because I just like to do this. I think it's fun. Everyone's individual rankings are different. If you had to rank in the AFC North, your most hated team to the least hated team, what is your ranking system, Dave? Um, the you mean you mean what do you mean? The so I'll give you mine. What's my order? I hate the Ravens the most. Yeah. They're number one on my list. Okay. I hate so numbers. Yes. Okay. I hate the Bengals next and the yep. Browns the least, believe it or not. I hate the Cleveland Browns the least out of the AFC North. And a lot of people might have different ones. That's yeah. fine. I go. hate them all in their own way, but what would your hierarchy be? Dave? Well, I'm not going one, two, three, mine are one, okay. a one B and one C. <laughs> okay. So what's your <laughs> one, honestly, a, one, B, one, one a is the Ravens and one B is the Browns and one C is the Bengals. Now it wasn't this way five years ago, but I, I, it's sometimes it's just things within the organization, whether it's bad or whether it's good, it can change that a little bit. I think the Bengals right now are a team doing things more the right way when I couldn't stand them before. So they're, they just seem like a different team and the, the, the Browns are just a mess. They're still a mess. And I can't stand some of the decisions that they're making, um, putting other things, um, you know, quarterback contracts and things of that nature. That's why I hate the Browns because they don't, they should not, they should not benefit from some of the stupid stuff they're doing. And that's why I can't stand them, but it's hard to move my head to the Ravens either. That's true. Brian, what about you? I'm going to go the Jefferson starship route for the first (laughs) part of this. I'm going to definitely say Ratbirds first, Bengals second, Browns third. But I want to take this a little further. I'm going to go ahead and say, as far as organizations go, I respect the Ravens the most out of organizations because of the way they conduct themselves mm-hmm. on, especially with drafting and what they do. Second and third, it's a tie for crappiest. I mean, 32nd in the league. They are dumb. Cleveland's organization is stupid. Cincinnati is just, they have no clue either. Now, the biggest ranking, I want to throw this back at you, and I know you didn't expect this to go that long, but fan rankings are very important to me because I think Baltimore, uh, Baltimore, they're knowledgeable, but the thing about Baltimore, they'll go what? away in a heartbeat. They're knowledgeable. You know a whole different group of Raven sense than I do. That's the thing. They're knowledgeable enough compared to the other two. Now, I kind of respect Browns fans a little bit more until until they're, uh, there's helmets being swung and they're going a little rabid and crazy. But Bengals are the dumbest fans I've ever met in the world. So compared to the Bengals, the Baltimore's – oh. B dirt's in here. I'm sorry, B dirt. I didn't mean not you. I like B dirt, <laughs> but a lot of the fans. I mean, I love when you fought fi- when they they're filing on that Esca loser and uh, going away. But the thing about Ravens fans, they are very bandwagon. They're definitely bandwagon because things when things are going wrong, they'll go. Okay, away. which one did you say? I, I spaced out for Ravens fans are bandwagon. Yes, because they'll disappear if the teams aren't not doing well. Browns that's fans thing, are never going away. That's that's the one thing you have to give even the Bengals fans. Remember, I'm thinking back in the '90s, early two, when the when the when the Bengals were 
just yikes. If someone would still admit that they were a Bengals fan, you had to say kudos to you mm-hmm. just because you're like, man, you're, you're just long suffering. So, and, and now almost some somewhat the same way with the Brett with Browns fans, but I, I ran into a, to a very nice, respectful Browns fan, but I have to say former Browns fan just a couple weeks ago, they saw me in Steelers stuff. They wanted to stop and talk football. So I stopped and talked football with them and they said, I was a Browns fan for the longest time, but I'm now saying former because of what they did at the quarterback situation in the off season. And they said, I, I am now, I'm a fan of the NFL, but I cannot cheer for that team right now. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, you bring up the the Browns fans. I'll never forget. Uh, I being back in in Wheeling, where I'm from, is such a unique area because of the proximity to Ohio. And one time, my dad and brother and I are on the golf course. It's really crowded in the middle of the summer, and there are these people that are visiting in Wheeling, and they're golfing ahead of us. And some one of us was wearing a Steeler shirt or something. Like, oh, you guys are Steeler fans, and they're Brown fans. And I said to my dad, I was like, there's no one more loyal than Browns fans. If you are a Browns fan and you've put up with all of that, they're like pirates fans with baseball. You put up with all that crap for all those years. You are loyal almost to a fault, almost to a fault. And then there were all these, there was a, these Bengals. My dad belongs to several bars. Wheeling is such a unique little town. Everyone has to be members at these bars to get in. You can't just go in. You got to be a member. And one of these bars that he belonged to, there was a father and a son. They were Bengals fans. They'd come in on an NFL Sunday, and they'd have their stupid starter jackets, Bengal jackets. I'm like, you know what? If you've got the balls to come into this bar, which is all Steeler fans, wearing that hideous starter jacket, you know what? You can sit over there, and you can watch your little Bengals on the little 12-inch screen over on the corner of the bar by the Kino machine, and we'll just cheer for the Steelers elsewhere. But still... Uh, I love having these discussions. I could talk about like the fans and stuff all day, all night, telling stories. But you all want to get ready for the game. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we want to get ready for the game, too. Let's talk about uh, the title of this show. The history tells us to assume nothing and expect anything. So here we have a very unique situation once again with Lamar Jackson. Again, not probable. <laughs> he's not been ruled out, but he's not going to play. We all can no. probably agree to that. And Tyler Huntley is going to be in there. And a lot of fans are thinking, yep, here we go. Steelers W. I don't know. Dave, what are your thoughts when you think about that uh, situation with the Ravens offense with Huntley at quarterback? Um, it's going to give the Ravens fans that I run around to, you know, run into, run around to. That if I happen to come across Ravens fans, what they'll say is they've they've now got their built-in excuse. Yeah. They've got their built-in excuse. Oh, we didn't have Lamar. But I but then if if they would win the game, it would be like, oh, he's just as good as Lamar. It all depends on the narrative of the outcome, which I've talked about with Steeler fans as well. We we want everyone benched and fired if if the last second field goal goes just outside the uprights, and if it goes just inside the uprights to win, everyone's great and and let's do a parade. Um, the that's over the top. It's not that bad, but obviously, with it, that's that's I feel like when that is going to happen with the fans. That'll be the narrative. But to me, it shouldn't matter who's the quarterback. I think both of them, um, especially their ability to make plays with their legs, that what well, you can either do it or you can't. And you can either do it at a high level or you can't. And I think that both of them can do it at a high level. So to me, you've just got to prepare for this just like you would either way. Prepare for the quarterbacks the same. And and who who cares which number's on the jersey? You've got to just go about business the same way. So, Dave, just real quick. I mean, you said the fan narrative for the Ravens is already there that, oh, Lamar wasn't playing. Wouldn't you say that the narrative's there for Poo Poo Steeler fans, too? That I heard you let's ride today or, or yesterday. Yeah. What am I saying today? I finished it today. That's why. I, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, that's going to be the Poo Poo Steeler that's fans. That's the Poo Poo Steeler fans. They'll, they'll, they'll be ready. The, the, how many days are we from kickoff? How many hours are we from kickoff? And they've already got there. Well, the Steelers only won because I wasn't going to go as far as you did, with, but you're right. Yeah. But at the same time, it was, it's, I, I was just going to go with the Ravens fans, but that's exactly right. You know, it, it's, you know, it's uh, the the opponent was bad or this, that, or the other thing you sometimes you, you can't even begin to think that this team is doing anything right. right. So because they scored a garbage time touchdown against the Bengals to get to 30 points. Anyways, yeah. that's not even- <laughs> Brian, uh, what are your thoughts about Hundley at quarterback uh, and, and what this means for this upcoming game? 
picture this 2015 one dave schofield and one brian anthony davis were in the same stadium two days after christmas they did not know that their their paths were going to cross they didn't know that they'd be spooning at a game just a few <laughs> just four later. short years later but <laughs> they went into this that offense on the way home oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> in, in the snow. storm <laughs> and what what they didn't know going to the game i don't know how dave was but i know me i'm like Steelers are taking on ryan mallet they only have five wins on the season or four wins on the season this should be nothing three hours later 20 to 17 ravens steelers go to the playoffs but these guys just won their super bowl anything can happen and so with tyler huntley I think the guy could pass a football. I inf- I think he's very strong at passing. Is he as dynamic as Lamar Jackson on the run? No, he's not. But he's got his own legs, and they they might be Lamar light, but that's still pretty darn good to be Lamar light. So do not take your eye off the prize in this game. Do not go ahead and say, hey, this is something that, this is in the bag. But here's the good thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers of 2022. You know what we've been talking about for years? The old Steelers play down to their competition. They play up to their competition. No, they're just playing competition this year because most of 2022, they've been dreadful. So now don't expect them to all of a sudden be, oh, we're walking to the stadium and we can do whatever we want because we're going to win because we're the Pittsburgh Steelers. They don't have that mentality right now. Hopefully they get that back, but keep it in a good way. But with with uh, Tyler Huntley, yeah, I you got to be wary. This this guy basically beat this team in just nine months ago, or uh, what's January, eleven months ago in week week eighteen, and they were both trying to go to the playoffs. And the the Steelers got the Steelers uh, made their own breaks. They won the game in overtime, um, despite Najee being hurt and having to come back hurt and playing hurt. But it, it was a slobber knocker of a game, and Huntley was tough to beat at that time. And there was parts of that game where I'm like, this guy's good, and the, they've got a great one A in Baltimore when somebody goes down. So these games between the Steelers and Ravens, they always come down to one or two plays. And sometimes it's an unlikely hero that makes the play. I often think back to, I Brian would probably ought to tell you what year it was, a little check down to Isaac Redman, who he spins off of like two defenders, scores a touchdown, Steelers win. I believe it was Sunday Night Football. Brian, 2010. Wait, 2010. If you had to guess, offensively, Who's the guy that makes that play that wins the game if the Steelers do win the game? Dave, who you got? Who's the unlikely hero? Oh, well, see, I'm even thinking of the last time they played. It was kind of, remember, Ray Ray McLeod caught that fourth down, yep. the yeah, fourth down pass. So who's the unlikely hero? See, I would say it could be someone like a Connor Hayward, but then after last week, I, I, I think that would much still be unlikely. unlikely I think you that's know? still pretty unlikely. Um, what do you think of a Steven Sims? Mm, Somebody like that. Or even what would be even better? Honestly, what would be Don't the take best? mine. Don't take mine. It's go- I'm going to say it. You, you know you had your one. You had your one. You Boy, you had one. No. <laughs> I didn't hear what he you said. Take, you take two answers all the time and then leave he them said for us. He said Miles Boykin. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, that's good. Oh, that would be that would be because awesome. he was a re- because former team. From the, yeah, that that was what I'd love to It'd see. Be like Chris Wormley batting down, a, like batting a pass up in the air and intercepting it. Yeah, yeah. Wormley yeah. gets an interception. Boykin scores on on a jet sweep. <laughs> okay, that would be awesome, Dave. I'm sorry because that's not who I had. Uh, who did okay. you have, Brian? I I'm gonna go a little crazy here and see Benny Snow Jr. Mm, okay. Benny Snell ran well against them the last game of the season. In 2019. Yeah, because that was when Najee Harris left with the elbow injury. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm talking about. Oh, when, last year he was not. 2019. 2019, when they had to go into Baltimore, it was in the rain. They were run, running well. Um, Benny Snell was doing great. And then 
Duck Hodges completely flubbed it up and gave them seven points right before the right, right before the end of the half, and the Steelers just couldn't run the ball anymore because they were behind by too much. Yeah. Hey, before you put the black and gold H for hypocrite on me, I know I'm tough on Benny Snell. I really yeah. am. That's why he would be the unlikely hero, but I'm seeing some heroism heroism in him the past couple of weeks. I'll give you two since everyone else seems to be giving two for this answer. I only okay. gave one. I know you did. You maybe do you want a second one? No. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, I do. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go Jalen Warren. Oh, that's a good one. And someone else that hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year, and that's Zach Gentry. Mm-hmm. Maybe good. they in the red zone have Oh, I thought you were gonna say Deontay Johnson. Ah, ah! <laughs> but I'm sad. It's we laugh and cry on the inside because yeah. it's true. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I will take my other one, Derek Watt. Derek oh, Watt. Derek Watt. Man, yeah, I, I, I inside shovel pass. <laughs> hey, no, but, no, run the no, run in the run of the wing T, run the belly play. No, a <laughs> wheel route. Trap. Wheel route. A wheel route. That'd be a good one. He's going deep. Hey, he's Mr. Yeah. Third and One, right? Yeah, five for five on third and one. Is that correct? Scott mm-hmm. Stat Geek. Well, but what was the question? I was I was too busy reading Jerry Cherry Band's comment of the pigeons will score. Stadky well, space in it. The 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 fine score um, oh, against the Ravens. Sorry. Um, uh, so you said Derek Watts what for what? Isn't he five for five on third and one? I don't know if it's third and one, but I think he has a lot of first downs. Is the best way to say it. I, I I I can get that quickly. All right, there you go. All right. So this is going to be a fun game. And a lot of this comes down to injuries, unfortunately. And the Steelers have several key players that have found their way on the injury report. So, Dave, you want to run us down the injury report? Yeah, I will real quick. I will just say I don't know that they were all on third down, but Derek Watt has five rushes this year, and all five of them are first downs. All right. So injury report is we'll hit the Steelers first. There was some – quote-unquote, players going the wrong way this week. And one of the players notorious for going the wrong way um, is Deontay Johnson. And he went the wrong way because he was limited on Wednesday and did not practice on Thursday. I've got a theory so, on these, by the way. But okay, I, I, I do too. Okay. Um, Najee Harris went in the correct direction where he wasn't practicing Wednesday, limited Thursday. The same for Chooks for Didn't practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. Malik Reed with his back, he went, he took it, he took it the, the big step. He went from didn't practice Wednesday to full on Thursday. TJ Watt was the other person who was limited on Wednesday, didn't practice on Thursday. Larry O didn't practice either day. And then Cam Hayward popped up today with the typical coach's decision, not practicing on Thursday like they do with him. So that's the Steelers. Okay. Uh, well, what's your theory? Because uh, it might be the same in mind. My theory is uh, Thursday's practice is more intense than Wednesday. These guys were basically getting rest, but because they were already on there for an injury, they just didn't even bother rest. And then therefore um, try to try to throw, mix it up a little bit with uh, give old Wang Harbs a test, taste of his own medicine. I agree. I, when I looked at this, I was like, wait, wait, they're all going the wrong direction. I think this is a rest day. I think that's they're just giving them a day to get themselves right, not having to push it. We'll see what Friday. I will be stunned if some of these players even have a designation mm-hmm. on Friday. So, because I, I just think back to you look at the trends for the Steelers and how they handle injuries. And I, I thought last week they were going to have a ton of designations and they didn't. And even players that didn't even practice most of the week didn't, like Najee Harris didn't, but Jalen Warren did. I have no flipping clue with this team anymore when the injury report comes out it does feel like a lot of gamesmanship like you said uh but brian anything to add about the injury report no somebody's gonna play and somebody's not love it you ready for the ravens expert analysis let's go to baltimore yes all right there this one is taking a lot longer because and i have to try to read this um squint a little bit more because uh the uh the, the the Steelers have still said that their injury report for Thursday is t- um, TBA um, when it was due five hours the ago. The Steelers PR department's at Thirsty Thursdays. That's what <laughs> yeah, that's what's going on. <laughs> okay. Well, you had... 
<laughs> Tequila Cowboy. Yeah, they're beating Todd Haley there. Yeah. <laughs> Thirsty Thursday. We're never getting credentials anyway, so who the hell cares at this point? <laughs> Do we really want them? No. Uh, <laughs> all right, so here we go. Uh, guard center, um, is that is that Tristan Cologne? I guess so. Uh, not, uh, not injury related, personal, but didn't practice the last two days. Lamar didn't practice with his knee the last two days. He he's going to be out. Um, offensive line then Patrick Macari. Did I say that right? I yeah. should know that one. Yeah. With the toe, didn't practice Wednesday. Limited Thursday. Uh, Marcus Peters rest. Didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Um, outside linebacker Deshaun Phillips with a quad was limited both days. Patrick Queed, linebacker with a thigh, limited both days. Tackle Ronnie Staley. Did Wangs do this as well with an ankle? He came back to be full on Wednesday, limited Thursday. Move that moving in the wrong direction. So he we'll missed he the is. last two games of that. I know. So we'll see if that was just them messing around or what. A uh, linebacker, um, is, is that Christian Welsh, Christian I guess, Welsh, yeah. uh, with a concussion, limited both days. Cornerback Daryl Woodley, hamstring, didn't practice both days. And guard Kevin Zeitler with a knee, did not practice either day. Interesting. Yeah. And I left out all the ones that were were rest just on Wednesday. They, they, they cut them off, so that's good. Yeah. So, all right, here's what we're going to do. If you're listening live on Facebook or YouTube, we're not going to go anywhere. On the audio side, we'll be right back after a word from these sponsors. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Steeler fans. Second half of the Steelers preview. We're here to talk about over-unders, we're going to give you the up-to-date spread, we're going to give you our score predictions, then we're going to hit you up with some trivia before we send you on your way. Let's talk about the over-under. So, Brian, you did have some updated standings, yes? Yes, I did. And, and then I he also... lost a notebook. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, got it, okay. <laughs> Why do you think I just disappeared from the screen for a little bit? Um, oh. <laughs> no, no, that's not it. Um, so, I made a mistake. I- I think, oh, I was gonna say because if not, I thought I'd tighten the gap a little bit, but you, you did. But here's the thing: I got I gave you both a point for uh, getting the taking the under, and you both took the over. We both had the over, so I did make a mistake. So the updated, st- so we all tied. We all went four, four, and four the other day. Um, so with that being said, forty-eight for one Brian Anthony Davis. We are going to go ahead and say forty-six for one Dave Schofield. And 44 for Jeff Hartman. He's still in striking distance. Oh, yeah. It, it could go all in one week. Yeah, for sure. All right. So this is a very telling over-under. We have three individual players and three teams. That's how I broke it up. So we're going to start off with Kenneth Shane Pickett, as we always do. KP8. Kenny Pickett pass attempts. So just attempted passes. I have the line set at 28 and a half. Dave, over under. Ooh. Well, 28 is his fewest, right? In a full game. I want it to be under so bad. But you know what? You could be you could be winding clock and everything else. So let's uh you know what? I'll 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 go with my heart and I'll go under. 
All right. What about you, Brian? I'm actually going to go with the over, but I think Dave's right. I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to run the ball very well in this game. Like, I don't see another 150 yards against Atlanta. Uh, I think that they're going to have to throw it to win it. And I think that Kenny Pickett's going to be over 28 and a half. So I'm going to take the over. Yeah. See, that's what I was going to say. And then I'm like, you guys, I don't know. I mean, I, I second guessed it. But that's how, that's how <laughs> you win, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now let's go with uh, George Pickens, who everyone was upset because he wants the football. Um, targets. Just times they throw him the ball. I've got that line set at five and a half. Kind of regretting this line, but still, Dave, what do you think? Oh, I'm, I'm going to go over with that. I don't know that he'll have that many catches, but I think they'll take a, at least a couple, maybe downfield shots with him, then plus some just regular stuff. And if it's and if it's under, then that's probably going to be good because that means the, the Ravens are overplaying him, and then you you have a better chance to get the ball to people like Freeman. Okay. What about you, Brian? Five and a half? I'm going under. George Pickens is a priority for defenses. If you watch that game against Atlanta the other day, Atlanta forced that. They wanted to go to George Pickens. Atlanta you know, shut him down and did whatever they could to make him a non-entity. Yeah, I, I think that uh, old Wang Harbs is uh, a guy that he's got the cojones to say, we'll put you up, we'll put uh, our best corner. We'll put Marlon Humphreys on him on an island. We'll give him the one-on-one. And I think the Steelers are going to target him. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I could see him having six, maybe even seven in this game. And plus he was complaining. And so that's what they tend to do is then they give that guy the ball, the ball, like Deontay Johnson complained before Atlanta and he got 11 targets. So I think Pickens gets over. I'm going to go next. Pat Fryermuth receiving yards. The line is at 60 and a half, 60 and a half. Dave, what do you think? I think, I think it's I think it's going to go over. Oh, I hope you're right. What about you, Brian? I'm going under with it. I think he's a priority as well. You said under. Yeah, I'm going under. Oh, oh, okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Sadly, I'm going to go under. And I think the reason why I'm going to go under, but not by much, is I just think they're going to need more blocking and, and more protection. And I just think sometimes tight ends, unless they're going to put him in the slot, which they might. Hope I'm wrong, but I'm going under, but not by much. I have him over 50. Let's go with the Pittsburgh Steelers sacks, two and a half. Dave, what do you think? They had three on Huntley last year, but that was an overtime game. I want to go, you said two and a half? That is correct. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go two. All right, Brian? I'm going over with three. This is one of those games where, so it has to be, correct me if I'm wrong, because we had the same discussion after their game at M&T Bank last year when, remember, T.J. Watt, we thought that he broke the record in the first half. They ruled that it was, was it the fumble, or was it the fact that he was trying to run with the ball when he got hit? It was an aborted snap. It's because the snap never got to him, but he did go down, get the ball, but then he stood back up like he was going to throw it. I, yeah. you know, And that was the question. Did he do enough with it? at that time to then make him a passer. So if it's an RPO and Huntley puts the ball in justice Hill's stomach, I don't even know if justice Hill is even eligible to play, but anyways, <laughs> let's just say, okay, Kenyon Drake, there you go. He puts the ball in Drake's stomach, pulls the ball out and is standing there and gets hit. Is that deemed a pass or a run? It depends on the, they will look at it for as a whole as the offensive line okay. and, and the receivers. Okay. If right. you have receivers going out in a pattern and an offensive line that is not all blocking downfield, or at least whatever yeah. the NFL decides is a penalty for that this week. Don't get me started about penalties and officiating about this game. Um, that, uh, that, that, uh, that then they'll call that a sack. If it looks like they were attempting to pass the ball. I'm going to go with under in two then uh, let's go with Baltimore sacks of Kenneth Shane Pickett or whoever the Steelers quarterback is, assuming it's Kenny Pickett. Uh, they did not give up a sack last week. I have that line set at two and a half. Dave, what do you think? Uh, two and a half sack. I, um, I'm going to go over. Brian, what about you? I don't want to go over, but I have to go over, so yes. I'm going to go under with two. I'm going to go under with two. Kenny Pickett's mobility will help with that number. 
And last one, Steelers turnovers, meaning the defensive takeaways. Okay, takeaways. takeaways. So I've got one and a half taking the football away from the Ravens. Dave, what do you think? Let's mm, just for fun, let's go over because of the you know the changing quarterback that maybe the that'll be something. He did throw two, I think, last time they played him, or at least one. Well, yeah, he had two interceptions and they yeah. had a fumble. They had yeah. they had three takeaways last time. Brian, what about you? Even if Lamar was in here, I'm going with the over. It seems like this this team does turn over the ball when they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially in this stadium. I like over. I'm going to go with the under, with, but they're going to turn it over one time. I think the Steelers do get one. All right, so there you have it. Did you get all that, Brian? Yeah, so you t- you just took the mm-hmm. under right here. Uh-huh. And l- let me ask you about Pickens, targets, Jeff. Yeah, I say yeah. over. Over. Okay, okay, there we go. We're good. I, I have one that's unofficial okay. that I'm just curious. Sure. Number of quarterbacks for total of both teams taking a snap in this game. Two and a half. Meaning, is the physicality of this game oh. going to knock a quarterback one side or the other out for even a snap or two? I'm actually going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. I'm taking the under as well. Hey, let's we could add this to the mix, Dave. No, 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 no. no. This, is like just, this is just fun. Jeff, no, this on. is just for fun. I'm not going to give an answer, so that way you can't count it. <laughs> uh, well, the funny thing is, is that you know that you just read through the injury report for the Ravens, and Tyler Huntley's not on it. But yeah, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN yeah. is reporting that Huntley has been sick, and he's been limited with what he can do throughout the week. And who did they sign? You Huntley, I think, is yeah. a, like the other quarterback. Brett. 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 Okay, yeah, but, so, but that was to the practice squad who I expect to then be in elevation, right? So I how, is imagine. that what they're yeah. I'd imagine. So I don't know. Okay. Dave, the current spread, the spread's been all over the place. Last yes, time it was two, it's been two and a half. It's even went up to three. It was up to three one at one point. point. Yeah. What is it now? Two. Unless it changed in the last five minutes, it's two. Okay. Steelers so are favored by two. Yeah, but I just refreshed. It's still two. All right, let's talk predictions. And Dave, how you see this game playing out? What's your prediction? Well, the over/under is thirty-seven. Um, oh. That's that's pretty low. Um, but at the same time, the Ravens have been struggling to score points. Um, they scored, uh, you know, a number of points against Jacksonville, but that was just a late flurry by both teams. You talked about that on your Let's Ride. Um, other than that, it's been some some uh, lower scoring games with them, but their defense has been has been outshining their offense, which is not what was happening early in the season. I, I think this will probably be a lower scoring affair as much as I would love to see it not be. Just if it's not, I don't know if that's great for the Steelers anyway. But I also do not want to see this game come down to um, the foot of Justin Tucker. Now, one thing we didn't talk about when we talked about the injury report is that the 21-day window opened for Chris Boswell today. And the question is, is Boswell going to kick this week? If Boswell's healthy, I think they go ahead and make the move and say, thank you, Matthew Wright, for everything you've done. Uh, Hope that helps you build your resume. Um, But either way, the biggest thing that I want is I don't want – the Ravens to have the ball with the opportunity of Justin Tucker to do something. So therefore I am going Steelers 20 Baltimore 16. Shut up. Are you I serious? I want it to be a four point game. That's my freaking prediction. <laughs> Brian did that to me the other day, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I lived 20 to 14. That's Oh, you said 20 to 14. I said 26. No, 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 no. 20 to 16. I'm looking at it right now. 20 yeah. to 16. 20 to 16. Well, I was thinking four-point margin. Yeah. Justin Tucker's not going to be able to win it. They'd have to score a touchdown. Yep. Son of a Great minds. And that's right. <laughs> All right, Brian, what's your prediction? Well, let's talk about the dumb mind that thinks that there's going to be 50 points scored in the, the 30s. Game. Yeah, I'm not going on the 30s. And I was thinking about what Dave was saying. You don't want Justin Tucker to be the guy here, but 
I'm looking at Matthew. All right, all right, all right. If I can go ahead and steal that from Shannon, because I keep stealing it from Shannon. Uh, 26 to 24, Pittsburgh Steelers. Matthew Wright with a last second kick into the Steel City night. As long as the Steelers win, I could care less with the score. I couldn't care less, Dave. I couldn't care less <laughs> what the score is, as long as there's one more point for Pittsburgh. It, yep. This is a game that style points really don't matter. Now, this is what this is what 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 Brian needs for the for the bold and bizarre that they're that it's going to be twenty to sixteen, and and the Steelers are, are and the Ravens are going to have the ball for a seventy-two yard field goal, and Wang Harms is going to line up and try to kick it. Thinking that he gets an extra point, like fantasy, seventy yards. <laughs> Dave, consider yourself just stolen. There you I'm go. just giving you the article. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you can make that change for me. His name on it. Okay, I, I do have to ask a, a little bit of before we go to trivia. For those mm-hmm. that might have be new listeners to our podcast, and it, especially to the preview. What year was it that we started calling John Harbaugh Wang Harbs? And it was Brian that said he was being a total Wang. The Ravens beat the Steelers in that game, and he ke- he kept running the ball, and he was he was running it up a little bit, and was, he was going for it on fourth downs. And Brian was like, that "Was it the last is- game of the season, the 2019? It was. Okay. Okay. And then Brian got so mad. He goes, "That guy's such a d- Wang." <laughs> so that just. I should have went yeah. and pulled the audio from that. Well, and 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 I brought this up on the Scobro Show Tuesday because I'm I want to ask you guys this. When when you called him Wang Harbs, did you say do we say that knowing that people called him Harbs? No. No. You I, did hear Coach Tomlin call yeah. him Harbs twice. On Tuesday in the press conference. Yeah. He referred I, to him as Harbs. Well, I have it on good authority that Coach Tomlin listens to us, and he's a Brian <laughs> Anthony Davis fan. So he was just uh, and he almost slipped up and said Wang Harbs. That's another bold bizarre for the post-game <laughs> press conference. Yes, if that happens, if I ever hear him in a press conference going Wang Harbs, slipped oh. up and accidentally put the Wang in front of Harbs when talking well, about him in the post-game press. Conference. Obviously, when you're playing a game against Wang Harbs and you need red paint and you go to Lowe's and buy red paint and you find a barn and you get red paint, something like that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Trivia time, Brian. Let's go. Uh, let Dave go first so I can think of one. <laughs> okay. That's fine. No, that's fine. Dave, go ahead. So he can think of one. All right. Well, mine isn't isn't very impressive, but I looked back. Uh, when did the Ravens come back into the NFL? Is it 96? 1996. No. 1996. Yeah. And the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens, in that time, including the postseason, have matched up 53 games. Of those 53 games, how many of those do you think the Steelers scored 20 points or less? Since 20 seems to be the number that that they are dealing with a lot this year. 53 games, 20 or less, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with... Thirty, thirty-five. It might even be more than that. Brian, I'm, I'm going to go thirty. Well, the answer is actually almost right in between you guys. It is thirty-two. Thirty-two times the Steelers have scored twenty points or less out of the fifty-three. How about the Ravens? How many times do you think they've scored twenty points or less? I would probably say. Uh, I'm actually going to go 38. 35. Brian, you should have stuck with your original answer. Because uh, that one, the answer is is 30. How many games do you think where neither team scored more than 20 points? They were both 20 points and under. 13. Mm, 20. 
I guess Jeff wins because Brian just went over. It was 19. That's a lot of games for neither team to score over 20 points when you really, really uh, think about it. But both of those teams have won a number of games. I, th- I think the Steelers, out of those those 32 that they didn't score 20 points, I think they won 11 of them. So you, even though the, the scoring's down, and they've been some crazy games. I mean, I think we remember the ones of – you know, well, we want to, we kind of want to, want to, want to forget the, uh, the infamous, uh, uh, week well, one, uh, the 35 to seven, the week back, one thrashing. Yeah. Wasn't it week one or is it week two? No, that was week one. That was, that was week one, you know, but then you also got to remember the good ones, like in 2014, the 43 to 23, you know, um, things of that nature. How about the 37 to zero in 97? Yep. But that, that one goes back uh, an awful long way. But at the same Monday time, Monday night football, the Steelers score okay. 35 first half points against them. I know. And yellow helmet. And Debo yep. was insane yeah. in that game, too. Now, final question. Final question. In which game has the Baltimore Ravens scored the most points against the Pittsburgh Steelers? What's the most they have scored? Did you remember when it was? Oh, yeah. the last would, part. I'll tell you this. It was September 11th of 2011. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what was it, like 35 to 7 or something like that. That was they scored. That's the second most points the Ravens have ever scored against the Steelers. Oh, actually, I do know the answer. Go I'll let Jeff it. go first, but no, I do know I this. I don't know. Go ahead, Brian. December tenth of two thousand, uh, Shazier, uh, two thousand seventeen, and it was the thirty-nine to thirty-eight Pittsburgh victory. What a game that was! That's correct. Believe it or not, out of the. Um, let's let, let's see here. And there's three games the Ravens have scored over 31 points against the Steelers, and they've lost two of them. Wow. So so the Steelers have actually done much better in the higher scoring games. But that was what's well, up for 97 in there. That was you know a, a, a lot of Ben Roethlisberger in there. But it's just interesting that the that the most points the Ravens have ever scored against the Steelers was in a losing effort. There you go. So, all right, I'm done now. Brian, do you think of one? Oh, yeah, yeah. This was on my mind. I just had to get go get the specifics. So here we go. The very first victory for the Baltimore Ravens over the Pittsburgh Steelers was in the old Memorial Stadium on December 1st of 1996. It was their second game. Two former Steelers. Had second game against each other, right? It was the second game against each other. Yeah, okay, yeah, I got you. Okay. It would not be on December 1st. Um, yeah. But two prominent Steelers played for the Ravens, and were very prominent in that game. Two prominent former Steelers. Uh, was Rod Woodson on the team then? No, he was not. <sighs> he, was still, he was still with the Steelers. That's right. In 96? Yes. <sighs> was, one a corner, I, was one a cornerback? I, I only know one of them. Go ahead with your one. Because I'll tell you, one was a running back. Oh, Bam. It was Bam. Is he right, it, Brian? Yes, right? he's correct. I not, But I have no idea who the other one is. Eric Green. Oh, Eric Green. Number one tight end. What? So wow. now. I, I didn't remember that one. So he signed wow. a huge contract in 1995 with I forgot the Miami that. Dolphins, and they did not keep him they only kept him one year uh he was basically run out of town by um not jerry jones um my gosh <laughs> the coach jimmy johnson mm. so and he ended up in baltimore so uh very interesting stuff there but the two there was two receivers one for the steelers one for believe it or not the baltimore ravens that just went crazy one of them had 198 yards receiving the other had 117 which one was which and who were they this was in what was the year again 1996 i'm going to say for the steelers i'm pretty sure i remember because that would have been my oh man, that's my freshman year of college. Um, that would have been 
Charles Johnson would have the been their late, better receivers. The late CJ had one. Was that who it was? Because it had to be either him and who else was that? It was him and it was Hastings. And who was Yancey the other was receiver still there. that they had? Yancey was still there. Okay, Yancey was still there. Was he in 90? In, in yeah, he didn't leave until after the 97 season. Oh, okay. he was still there. Okay. Um, see, because I'm, I'm trying to remember of players that would have see because i'm thinking i didn't start fantasy football until 1998 so i'm trying to think of players that would have been on the steelers and would have been established for a few years by the time i started doing that well this um, other was for this other was, was, was for, for the ravens, ravens. Yeah. Um, and i'm gonna give you his former team cleveland browns and he used to he used to stomp on the steelers then too as a brownie God. Hmm. I know who you're talking about. Why, why does it sound familiar? I should know this. What, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, okay. I think I just I just came back to the screen. I think I know what it was. Because um, I, I try not to look at the live chat whenever, uh, whenever we're doing trivia. What was his name? I could... I've got the box score for this game sitting right here that I want to click on, but that's just that's just not right. I don't I don't remember. I don't remember. I, you're, I'm going to kick myself as soon as you say it. His name was Derek Alexander. Alexander. Okay. 198 yeah. yards in that. 198 game. yards. And man, was he tough. Hold on. Now I'm now I'm clicking on it because I want to see it. So um, the very interesting thing these these two teams they just. They have always been at it just from the very beginning. And it, it just seemed like it was, it has always been that, that great rivalry. So there you go. A very, very fun game to talk about. Uh, those two players that I just talked about for the former Steelers, they were prominent the next year, but the Steelers ended up sweeping them in 1997. I'd like you to, I'd like to invite you all to uh, check out the BTSC DeLorean that, appears as we go back in time to these games man you're gonna yell at me people are gonna yell at me because there's i only could do eight games but i've already done eight games that happen in baltimore so i just mm. did eight games that just happened in pittsburgh and i had to leave out some good games so mm. next year we'll be throwing those games in there but there's so many memorable games and these teams have only played um what 34 to 28 uh 54 times or so that was my that was my original question. It was 53. 53. So you were that was a great estimate. Um man, looking at the box score this game, this is crazy. Of the just remember these names. Jeff, you'll appreciate this. Okay, well, first of all, it was Ted Marchabroda coaching against Bill Cower. Okay. First touchdown of to the game, Vinny Testaverde to Jonathan Ogden. Yes. <laughs> number one pick. That, I mean, number four pick. Over kick. That's Norm, Norm Johnson with the 22 yard field goal after an, you know, and but the second score was Andre Hastings 30 yard for Mike Tomzak. Um, when did Billick take Ernest over? Biner, seven yard rush. Um, Eric Green three yard pass from Vinny Testaverde. I mean, it's just like it's you're you're bringing back my childhood. What when did Brian Billick take over? Um. Possibly, That's a good question. Possibly ninety-eight, but I'm not. I'm not for certain. No, That's I my opinion. I, I hated that guy so much, <laughs> almost equal to Wang Harbs. To be completely honest, I, I could not stand Brian Billick. Anyways, uh, oh by the way, let me harken back to another show. If you missed Know Your Enemy last night, Daniel Wilcox was talking about the it, difference yeah. between the two coaches. I want you to read between the lines. He basically said. When he was talking about the difference between Harbaugh and Tomlin, he basically said Harbaugh was a wang because he's like, <laughs> some days he wouldn't talk to you. The other days he'd be like, hey, how's your wife and kids? Make a, your wife makes a great cake. But what, the next day he'd completely ignore you. So Wang. Mm. Wang. You wang. I, I, I had the wangdar on on that one. Wangdar. Okay. And also, you're, you're no longer allowed to say that he's going to make a move by going for two. It's that he's going for the deuce. Okay. <laughs> When, when the Wang goes for the deuce. I, you know, I, honestly, I was going to throw it over to Brian because I figured he's going to say when the uh, when the Wang is up. I'm sure there's going to be something like that in the final uh, thoughts here. But we'll go to Dave first. Dave, why don't you give us your final thoughts? Oh, man, I, I'm so used to composing them while Brian talks. Um, 
my final thoughts are this I'm this game is it's it's a pivotal point for the Steelers right now. They have the opportunity, I've said it a bunch of times, to get back into being in the mix. But if they don't win this game, it's very simple. They don't deserve to be. Uh, so this is it's more than just getting their record to where it's getting so close to 500 they could be back in the hunt when they show the graphics. It's if you're not... Have the Steelers gotten good enough? Have they improved enough throughout the year with everything with the offense and Kenny Pickett and the young team coming together? Are there is is that can the defense be consistent enough? Are they a good enough team to beat the Baltimore Ravens? If they are, then they deserve to be in the hunt. If they're not, then it just shows that this team isn't there yet. And we need to kind of take that, you know, especially for those of us that are very ambitious, the Steelers could, they could really make some noise here at the end. It's going to be a hard dose of reality. But I really think this one's a good measuring stick, Lamar or not. That is this team a team that can that can be there. To, to compete or are they not? So the, I think this is really your ultimate measuring stick to then head into the final four games after this. So I'm excited. I want to see what this team can do. I haven't had the, oh, I'm excited to see and then utter disappointment that we were getting back in September and October. Haven't had that feeling for a while. You know, where that's been the prevalent feeling. I liked this feeling that it is now. I really just want to keep it up. All right, Brian, final thoughts. Yeah, I've been feeling really good lately as a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, and Dave's absolutely right. But I'd like to go a step further with Kenny Pickett. If he could go ahead and tame the Ravens the first time going, game on. This rivalry really, really turns into something um, to what it, what it used to be because that means that they're putting a little dent in the Ravens that puts them a lot low, I mean, put some further back behind the Bengals and the Steelers could make a move. And a lot of people are like, well, what's the point when you're going to get smashed in the wild card? Hey, just make me a playoff team. I, I'll take that. But we've been talking about our most memorable moments, our favorite games. I would be remiss if I don't talk about this. And I haven't talked about it a, a lot because no Steeler fan is going to tell you that the night, the uh, 2006 um, game right after Thanksgiving, a 27 nothing loss was one of your favorite Steeler games ever. It is for me, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I was down in my uh, my man cave. I uh, was there with my one dog, Palomalu. She her name was Palomalu at the time, and so we're watching the game together. She always stuck with me, watching it on the big screen, feeling good. Then. I had the 2005 bobbleheads lined up on the top of the, the TV. I was so mad at halftime. They were playing so poorly. I turned all of them around because I, I said to the bobbleheads, I can't even leave you anymore. And I, I had a hard time to say that to Heath Miller. It really hurt me to do so. But I turned them all around. I couldn't. My soon-to-be wife walks down right when I'm cursing out Jared from Subway, hoping he gets he gains all of his weight back. I mean, she's like, Whoa, what's going on? I'm like, ah, the Steelers stink, uh, whatever. And, uh, she said, well, I could come back later. I'm like, nah, come on. What's up. And she said, well, I got something to tell you. And she holds up a little stick. And for a person who never thought he'd be a father because of health found out he was going to be a dad that day. And that was 16 years ago. And the rest of that game, Ben got his nose bloody. They lost 27, nothing. But I just sat there watching the game. I'm not even mad anymore at the Steelers. I'm like, this is life. And I thought about how great life's going to be. And you hear me talk about Connor all the time. And he's about to be 16 next year. And uh, we're coming up on the 16th anniversary of what we call Connor Day, the day the Steelers lost 27-0. Great story. Great story. I can't follow that up. So for you on my final <laughs> thoughts, listen to Let's Ride on Friday morning. You can find us all of our shows, like the Here We Go Steelers show, Dave Stat Geek from Thursday morning. Make sure you check that out as well. Only on our audio platforms, audio only, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, um, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, you'll find us. And uh, make sure you give those a listen. 
And but that's it. Steelers preview is a wrap. We'll be back for the post game show on Sunday. Dave, why don't you send us out like you always do? Hey. We'll see you next week. Take it easy. Everybody else gets a little tight. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.